word and thank you for opening up our understanding for your holy word and it changes us lord and we know that we're born again we are changed by your word your word has come into our hearts and dwells there and we have faith in you so we thank you for that father and we bless you in jesus name amen and praise god so um god told me to ask everybody here a question today and that is are you a man or a mouse Amen. Are you a man or a mouse? <laughs> Even women. Are you a man, a woman, woman? Are you a woman or are you a mouse? I don't know if anybody's familiar with that phrase, but I used to hear it a lot growing up. You know, if you're not as old, you may not be as familiar, but I remember that uh, you would hear it in some of the old movies sometimes, you know, where uh, um, men would would. Uh, shrink back from you know doing something daring and somebody said are you a man or a mouse and so you know he you got a roar right yeah (laughs) no cheese but anyway uh yeah for sure but uh you know that's that's a question sometimes that comes up on the inside of us so we're going to talk about the spirit of encouragement today okay how to stay encouraged and how important encouragement is for all of us but but uh definitely for the believer we need encouragement just like everybody else does and sometimes even more so because of the 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 uh, wiles of the enemy against the righteous so we we have to always be on the alert that you know the enemy is trying to uh discourage us i think discouragement does more harm than we realize sometimes uh discouragement really indicates that we are already defeated before we even get started no uh sometimes you'll you'll hear problems or i'll tell you one of the things that used to discourage me greatly sometimes is all the bad news that comes across the airwaves when you hear about you know what there's trouble here there's trouble there and you think well god how is this ever going to change but we can always be encouraged as christians and and people of faith because we have a greater encouragement that comes to us so so we're going to talk about that and, and how that helps us in our walk with God because it's very, very important. I remember when I was a new Christian, I was in a Bible study and uh, it was such an encouraging atmosphere because people would always come up to you and share a testimony something good that happened to them or something and answer to prayer that they had to encourage you not to discourage you uh to encourage you uh now there are some people who are just bitter and angry and sour and it's hard to lift them up out of the doldrums but they have to learn that there is a place where they can be encouraged and have faith and confidence that God will come through for them and that's what the spirit of encouragement really is for and I believe that spirit rests on anybody on all believers uh, especially for the things of God you know there are people I believe that have that spirit as a large part of their um, their character Uh, you ever see these people like the self-help gurus and uh, those people I believe have a strong gift for encouragement but it's not invested in the right place but you can see how they work at it you know they really apply themselves and and they find something i think that works for them and then they want to give it to other people because it has given them success and and i think if they would would get God involved in what they're doing and when I say involved I mean just let God's spirit take over uh, we would have more encouraged people in the right way than we have out there because what happens when your your self-help health teaching runs out then you're still looking for more but once you found God you have the encourager dwelling in you amen you have that you can draw from that inner encouragement anytime you desire so the word encourage really means to be strong not weak but strong it also means to fasten upon in other words to get hold of something that's sturdy 
So when you encourage yourself, you go from being weak and helpless and out of ideas to somebody who's grabbed on to something that is sturdy that they know will carry them through through this period of personal weakness. It also means to bind which is, which really uh is is good because you ever have a uh you ever feel happy about something and then a sad idea will come to you and you get deflated again well the spirit of encouragement will bind that strength to you in other words it won't flee from you when when bad news comes about in fact you'll be able to deflect the bad news away from you because your spirit is strong and it's bound to God who is the greater one amen it's bound to something greater than you and something greater than your problems the Bible talks about hope being an anchor for our souls so the the spirit of encouragement brings hope with it and so when you encourage yourself you have an answer and you have more of an assurance that that answer will work you know that it will come to pass no matter how fantastic or or uh unbelievable it may sound encouragement keeps you stirred up with it that it'll come back to you it's like you know if you've ever prayed for something it takes a long time for it to happen somehow every time you encourage yourself you get hope again it gets revived again so it's like encouragement discouragement comes to put a bad mood on your party of faith and then you have to remove that by encouraging yourself so really if you think about it we're in a spiritual war and you want to stay with the greater spirit because the greater spirit wins out over all the lesser spirits so discouragement really because it's from the enemy is a lesser spirit anything that's from the kingdom of darkness is less powerful than God's spirit is and we have to always remember that I know in times past we didn't know any better and we let discouragement get us down even get us depressed some people go into what they call a clinical depression because they see no way out but God by the spirit of encouragement comes in and gives us a way out Uh, to be encouraged also means to conquer conquer what sometimes your own thoughts or your own um, attitude or negative outcome it also means to recover or repair to strengthen to withstand and to behave valiantly so are you a man or a mouse <laughs> when you're encouraged in God you're mighty through God amen but in your own flesh you're still that little mouse if you go back to your own ideas and your own resources you're just a little thing but in God you are mighty you will recover you will be strengthened and you'll withstand and that means if the problem comes up again you'll still be able to defeat it again and again and again and again because to be encouraged means to take on the courage of God it really does because we can encourage one another for a brief period of time you know that little pep talk we like to oh it's going to be okay well how do you know that you see what I'm saying you've got to have a knowing in you see the spirit of encouragement is different than the pep talk you know or psyching yourself out you know that's that's what people generally resort to doing and we can use that same kind of mental psyching on other people when we talk to them and 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 most people mean well I mean they don't mean you any harm but that stuff runs out of power after a while it doesn't work after a while so we when what we do in encouraging ourselves makes all the difference in our outcome whether your encouragement comes from yourself or comes from God makes a difference and and so you've got to to make a decision about 
what it is that you're believing in what are you putting your hope in what are you putting your uh your decision in what are you where are you looking for help what are you expecting and where is it going to come from and so you can't just say it's going to get better uh somehow and and put it just out there to the in the great uh, uh the universe as the new age people say you know oh the universe is going to help you well th- what they're doing they're ignorant or they're they're uh just not wanting to acknowledge god yeah a lot of times people don't acknowledge god because they don't know him and they don't know he's out there to help them and so it's the work of the church you know the christian to inform people no we're going to pray and god's going to help you you know because he's there to help us and so when we understand that our hope is in something specific and someone specific whether you know him or not if you if you know that god can help you that's a great thing that's that's encouragement right there so the spirit of encouragement we said is within all of us it is tied to hope which we all need to meet all the expectations of life a hopeless person is one who sees nothing but darkness ahead of them they don't see any light and many times you know uh things that happen to us in life can put the light out so to speak uh on our future where we look out and we don't see anything out there to draw us forward or to motivate us to move forward so hope really gives us motivation to get up every day uh what do you expect to happen in your day today that's hope hope is something that that gives you an expectation of good so when you hope in something you have an expectation of good and that's necessary so encouragement and hope go hand in hand because encouragement draws the hope back into focus what happens when people are discouraged or depressed is that their focus is on what they lack their focus is on what's missing your focus is on what's not there your focus is on what you lost your focus is on uh the darkness that that has come into your life what encouragement does it shifts your focus their circumstances really haven't changed to be honest with you but your focus must change in order to get the circumstance to change so if you focus on god and what he has promised to do not what he can do but what he has promised to do if you can get that promise on the inside of you then you can get hope in your heart and you will know that god will work out everything for your good he works it out the good the bad and the ugly and he puts it all together and it works out for our good romans 8:28 tells us and we know all things work together for good for those who love god and are called according to his purpose so if you know why god has you here and you know what he wants you to do from day to day it's gonna work out good because you're on a good road it doesn't mean that that some difficulties won't come because that's promised in the word too you know god doesn't promise us an easy road in fact he tells us that we're going to have trouble we're going to have difficulties we're going to have struggles but he also tells us to cheer up or be of good cheer because he has already overcome the world he's overcome everything and so anything that can be against us god has already overcome it he's overcome it with good and it will happen in our lives you can take that to the bank cash the check and spend the money amen because god means what he says he will never ever promise us anything that he won't do so hoping god is never false is never fake is you know hoping in god is not the same thing as psyching yourself out you know people will say things like uh i know i've 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 ministered to people who were terminally ill and encourage them that god wants them well you know i see god it's never too late for god to heal you he still heal you 
and uh, then somebody will say well don't give them false hope I said I'm not I said God's not false he's real see hope in God is never false now if they're hoping to go down to Mexico and get some herb or something that, that that might be false you understand what I'm saying I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the God that created them being their helper and wanting them well he doesn't he doesn't create us to be sick he doesn't create us to live in sin he doesn't create us to do anything that that's harmful to us he doesn't create us to be smokers amen he doesn't help create us to be homosexual he doesn't create us to be anything that's against his word now i'm not saying people don't fall into that but god will bail you out of it he will deliver you out of it and it's not a dull life it's a wonderful life (laughs) people you start going down the list of sins and telling people they can't do them they think well what's left to do you can praise god Amen. You could you could ever wonder. My best life came to me when I got out of sin. Amen. When I quit doing what I wanted to do, and I started doing what God told me to do, and, and He helped me do it. See, my life got better and better and better. And that's always good because God doesn't tell you to do something and then leave you weak and helpless to do it. He also empowers you to do his will so if if we want god's power then and we want to do his will then we have to give our lives to him so that he can direct our lives he's not going to save us so that we can go back out and sin again he saves you to live for him and to understand his ways so it's a it's a a a whole new way of living for us as believers we have to live by faith but i'm telling you once you master encouraging yourself and encouraging others in the lord your life gets a whole lot easier amen we we encourage ourselves now like we say we can encourage ourselves in our own power oh you can do this you know what's wrong with you get up are you a man or a mouse you know get up and do do what you know to do wow that's okay Sometimes you need to quit being so self-reliant and start asking God for direction. God, what do you want me to do? What is it that you have before me this day that I need to engage myself in? Uh, I want my steps to be ordered by you. I want you to keep me out of harm, keep me out of danger, keep me out of the wrong place, put me in the right place all the time. I remember uh, during the uh, uh, 70s and the 80s, you know, there was the hippie movement, uh, you know, where people would just hitchhike across the, the country and it was it was uh, vogue or or, you know, uh, like um, in to hitchhike and pick up hitchhikers. And then all of a sudden people started coming up missing. You know, then you find find all these serial murderers and all this kind of stuff. Well, you can want to have a carefree life, but you won't have it if you're you're doing things that are contrary to wisdom and to common sense. And and I think people got psyched out and psyched up into thinking that they lived in a utopia and here the devil was plotting to, to their demise all the time. And so we can, you know, your own thoughts can only take you so far in life. Your own plans can only take you so far. And so we have to come into a place where we understand our limitations, where we understand that uh, the old methods of getting things done just really don't work i remember uh uh my parents we lived next door to a, a family when i was a kid and uh right before payday we borrow the same ten dollars from each other <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> you got ten dollars until payday you know and it, it, you know and it just went around the neighborhood now i'm sure somebody never got their ten dollars back 
you know, after all of that. But it was like it was like a game people played. Instead of living, you know, out of their own resources, they think in the back of their heads, well, if I get short, I can always go to neighbor down here, and and you know, that was always in your plan. Well, that's the self-help plan. See, that's, but see, self-help is going to have its limitations because if your neighbor doesn't have the money this week or they get tired of playing this game with you, you know, if somebody drops out of the game, then the whole thing is sunk. But God never runs out of resources. He always has more. And all we have to do is ask and God says that he will give it to us. And in the way you can get insurance instead of running to the neighbor to borrow do something sow a seed so that 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 will be coming back to you in your time of need so God even has a plan to help us when we run out of what we have in the natural so it's a wonderful thing to know that God is there for us and that he wants to be our encouragement amen and we can run out of possibilities and run out of ideas but God never runs out in Psalm 18 and verse 6 I want to read you a little bit about how we get God involved in in the things that that uh that that we need in verse 4 no in verse 3 it says I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from my enemies the sorrows of death compassed me and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid the sorrows of hell compassed me about the snares of death prevented me. That's pretty deep, folks. I don't know too many of us have been in it, but that's David. He says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even to his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was angry. There went up smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth. Devoured coals were kindled. He bowed the heavens also and came down to rescue me. I love it. (laughs) So that's what happens when you call upon the Lord. I mean... If that doesn't encourage you, I don't know. It's like, God, help me. And he looked down and got mad. And when he got up, everything shook. He sent thunder down to announce that he was on his way. Oh, (laughs) amen. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. He flew upon the wings and he made darkness his secret place. He is pavilion round about. So anytime there's trouble in your life, that's darkness. But God's hiding in that to help you folks. The Bible says he is a present help in the time of trouble. Amen. Amen. In verse 19 and it says he brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Yeah, when I think about that, you ever, uh, you, you folks who are parents, you know, sometimes you just are so glad and, and, and overjoyed when you have your, your children when they're babies. You pick them up and just take, put them up and shake them. That's what God does with us. He delights over us. I mean, it's, it just put yourself in his place of delighting in you. Amen. Just like, you know, a little baby is, is innocent. You're just glad to see them. The nice thing is at, at some point in their growth, they know how to crack a smile at a face when they don't care whose face it is. You know, it's like, <laughs> but they'll brighten up anybody's day. And that's the way the Lord delights in us, folks. He just, we just, his little nugum nugum and so glad to see you that kind of stuff so he delights in us amen he delivers us not because we do everything right not because he's not adding up a score when he comes down he he does it because he delights in us amen 
your baby can put out the worst diaper in the world and you still go up forgive all the bad diapers and everything and you just love them so so that's what god does he forgives our our bad diapers and so all our other bad stuff amen it says he rewarded me according to my righteousness how much do you trust him that's how much he rewards you amen and so god is has is always have encouragement reserved from us so we know that that we call upon god and he will answer but sometimes there's a a time lag in that i mean what do you do in the meantime and that's where encouragement is so very important it's not that he's not going to answer he's not that it's, he's giving you a no answer it's just that there is a a waiting period that we need to fill up so that we don't get discouraged because it's it's at this point you can walk away from what god's promised you you can give up on what he wants to do for you there are all kinds of things that can intervene in here this is the time when people get talked out of believing god you know uh, sometimes god will give you a word and and uh, tell you what he's going to do he's going to help you uh he's going to encourage you in your business he he's going to uh, give you prosperity he's going to give you property he's going to give you increase in your career he's going to open doors for you he's going to restore relationships all that kind of stuff and and so there may be a time period god you said you're going to do this for me where is it where is it where is it and that's the crucial time where we can either believe God continually or we can walk away from what we say we believe and so that's the time where encouragement is very important I remember being in a Bible study early in my walk with God and like I said I was talking about encouragement when we started and I could just go in and and I would speak to somebody and they weren't even trying to encourage me you know I mean and and sometimes the look on your face doesn't even let people know that you have a need you understand and then you can't go by that either and just in the course of conversation that person would say something and it would answer a question that I had about whether or not God heard me what he's going to do for me how he's going to help me uh, it's amazing how that spirit is so prevalent I think mostly among God's people because we we know God will help us we have faith to go along with it but also in in just everyday conversation among believers when that when that conversation turns to a certain place you know God has a word for you you ever i've experienced that so many times in my life that when you get among god's people there is ample encouragement there's ample everything else uh uh i know one of the things uh if you get around pentecostal people especially they give people each other what they call a holy handshake (laughs) and you know you go to reach out and shake somebody's hand and there's a five dollar bill a ten dollar bill i mean you you collected your own offering before you get them into church uh, real good because god speaks to people and and most times a person will say something like you know what i barely had enough gas to get to church and when i got there somebody you hear those testimonies all the time and and it's appropriate to do that you know and they don't want to embarrass you by asking you you know what i'm saying now sometimes if it's a large amount of money they might have somebody to make sure i don't know but but for the most part that that's that's so common among believers and that in itself it's an answer to prayer and it's an encouragement in itself so these little foolish things that we do amongst us ourselves as believers never underestimate the power of them to encourage people and sometimes people put a, a, a fleece out like god if i don't get some help today i'm just you don't know what i'll do or i'm gonna quit or whatever whatever and then god comes to their rescue so he's always there for us uh, i wouldn't make a practice of it you know you don't want to tempt god or push him but uh, sometimes people can get desperate like that and then sometimes you'll be thinking i don't want to embarrass any is that god telling me to 
give that person this money or is that God telling me to do this or do that do it anyway amen because if it's wrong you're wrong on the good side you're not wrong on the bad side so it's always appropriate and proper uh, to be generous to be encouraging and and to be a person that um, that knows how to keep the word in their mouth and an encouraging spirit about them so when the if we have a, a, a time period and there always is between the time that we pray and the time we get our answer then that's the place where encouragement will be the tipping point and it makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Uh, like I say, we can give ourselves pep talks. We can get our self-help gurus involved and, uh, you know, all this stuff. Uh, but those things are fleeting. They're not powerful, not eternally so. They may help for a, a season, but then if it's something that comes from the world, everything from the world is temporary. And so if if you get help from a natural source, it'll only be there for a season. And then it's, it's liable to be removed or it can evaporate uh, out of your sight line. And so you want to get your help from an eternal source that loves you. It is always there for you, is there to encourage you, and is there for you to help your needs, just little old you. So God is always there for us. His un, His love for us is unlimited, and his resources are unlimited, which means he doesn't get tired of you bugging him with what you need you know how we get sometimes oh it is me again i said i wouldn't get in this spot again and here you are again and you knew you would and god knew you would get right in that same spot again and so there you are needing help and and it's it's like god is like the best parent ever uh, with unlimited everything and unlimited forgiveness. Now, natural parents have limitations. And, and they live in limitations because they think that's the helpful way for their children. You know, like if, if you've got a kid, God forbid, that's on drugs or something like that, and you feel like, well, I'm going to have to kick them out because they're going to steal everything out of here, or they're going to mess up the rest of the kids, or whatever, whatever. We put those limitations because we, we don't have all the resources we need to help that kid. So when you get to your limitations, that has to be known because if you go beyond that, then you feel like an enabler. You know, somebody's just helping the, the bad behavior. Well, see, God doesn't think like that. He always has the right answer. He has a ready answer. He knows what to do. So even though you may come to the end of your rope with your child, God still believes. And he's still holding on. So you continue to pray. Even though you may be at the end of your what you feel you can do for them safely. And, and let God handle it and let God have uh, have have sway in their lives I think oftentimes the missing ingredient is God you know we get into these difficulties but he always comes for you he's a forgiving and a loving God he's always there for us at all times so his love is unlimited his resources are unlimited and his generosity is unlimited so he always is generous with us he's never stingy Even to his children that waste things and squander things. Amen. Many times we waste because we just get so excited about nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, look what I got. You know, you just go through it. He knows you're going to do it before he gives it to you. He still gives it to you. That hurts, you know, when you think about it. Because if you think about yourself as a human... You restrict and restrain yourself from being generous with people who aren't good stewards. Because that's the way we teach. And we're, and you have to hold on to that. Because if you're, if, if you're teaching them with limited resources, you have to do that. 
But God has unlimited resources with us. So when we run out of ideas for ourselves, we still have him to draw from and he will give us the desires of our heart which are are plentiful amen uh in and, and and he encourages us in his abundance you know i've given this this testimony before a lot of times people will you know when we have our our conferences and we have a lot of food and we have a lot of everything and, and you know and and people say well well i think we should cut back because you know they don't eat it. and i said well what are you going to do I said, what I don't want to happen is for somebody to be hungry and we run out. Because there's no scriptural precedent for running out. When Jesus fed the 5,000, they started out with with a, a happy meal. You know, like enough for one person to get happy off of, but everybody else, the, what are you going to do with the other 5,000? They'll be very sad. And God multiplied it to the extent that they collected 12 baskets of leftovers. So in God's house there's always leftovers. You got me? So that's why I don't cut it to the quick and all that kind of stuff i don't let stingy people i don't want around me when i'm making plans let's just tell you up front you know what i'm saying don't bug me with that nonsense because i know that god provides now i don't go into it being uh, intentionally wasteful because i'm not wasteful because if you watch we'll have soup and used them leftovers for something so you ain't leaving me stuck with that and we don't do that but but i do like to make sure that people know god's abundance people know that god has and you don't want guests to come and then you're worried about how you're going to feed them i mean come on now just don't invite anybody just shut it down but but it 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 speaks better for god if there is abundance amen god is extravagant but he's not wasteful so there's a difference he always has a plan for what's left over and he won't allow it to be left over you know i'll freeze it or or you know jar it or can it or something but we'll always make good use of what of our resources and and that's important to god as well so god does not plan failure for anybody he doesn't plan lack he doesn't plan failure he always plans success when he told the man and the woman in the garden to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth he meant that and he meant that it was his will to guide them in their abilities to obey his command to increase be fruitful always multiply so that's his final word on your life is that there's success multiplication and increase always in your life so he has a plan for our success and but it does uh include that we know how to encourage ourselves in him now when i say encourage ourselves i mean that you have the ability to be a self-encourager uh, we talked about ways that the saints can encourage one another you know if you're in a good church community and people um, um, you know obey God and give you encouraging words sometimes people will even prophesy to one another you know we do that here you have a word from God God wants you to share it and then so forth and so on and you know how to share it you report to whoever's in charge what God has given you for somebody else and God will make sure if it's him you know what I'm saying? That prophecy has to be judged. We don't we don't go around hocus pocusing each other and, and disrespecting each other that way. But you can encourage somebody just in your conversation. You know, you'd say, you know, I'm I'm thinking that God wants uh, wants you to understand that that He answers your prayers every time you pray, or something like that, or you give a testimony to somebody as to what something that God has done for you, and it'll it'll happen in your life as well. When it's a true testimony of God, the spirit of prophecy is is on it, and that's the easiest way that we prophesy to one another in the church is when you give a testimony i remember years ago i'm 
I think I had I had bought my the red car that just quit after 18 years. Praise the Lord! It was, and it's still running for somebody else. But um, uh, I remember there was something wrong with the transmission, and and uh, I had called the the. Um, I think I bought it from a private owner. It's probably about four years old or something like that. I bought it from a private owner, and uh, I wasn't sure what to do because it was just, I think the mileage wasn't at the termination point for the warranty. I think it was a five-year or something like that, three-year, five-year, whatever they were given at the time uh, on the powertrain. And so the transmission's a big item. You know, I'm not going to pay for it if I don't have to. And I remembered years ago General Motors had a um, like a hotline for their customer customer support or whatever it was but I remember that so I found it in the back way back in the fine print in the owner's manual I found the number and so I called and told them what my situation was and all of that and I said I said now I know that you people uh, build a quality car and I refuse to believe that this transmission is gone this quick however this is the report and what are you willing to do for a loyal customer and so so they told me so they gave me another transmission and they asked me to pay for the labor which I thought was fair and so we had that transmission and I shared that testimony in a meeting and uh, Renee you you all remember Nene uh, Miss uh, Miss Juana's sister was with us for a number of years heard that and so she was driving in her car car something went out on it so she calls the customer and tells them and they tell her we will replace that part I think it might have been a transmission or something and just you pay for the labor so she comes in I said Nene how you steal my testimony that was my testimony but see that's the spirit of prophecy if it's believed People can use it over and over and over and over and over again. And that's how we live as Christians. We are living off the testimonies of people who have gone before us. And God, if you if you read Abraham, you're living off of his testimony. If you read Joshua, you're living off his testimony. So that's what we're doing. We're because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So he will what he does for one, he will do for the other without fail. So turn to first Samuel chapter thirty and we'll show you an example of someone who encouraged themselves themselves in the Lord it's a very familiar story we'll go back to it again because you need to understand how important self-encouragement is uh, verse 1 first Samuel chapter 30 verse 1 it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag now Ziklag was actually a Philistine outpost uh, this this outpost had been given to David by one of the kings of the Philistines he was on the run from King Saul who wanted to kill him out of jealousy so David has to be very careful how he lives because he's got a lot of enemies and it says they came to Ziklag on the third day and the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire so imagine coming home to your house and there's nothing there but the charred remains of what used to be your home and they had taken the women captive that were there they didn't kill any either great nor small but carried them away and went their way now that was God's mercy folks I hope you know that back in the day when you burned something down you killed everything you know a man woman and beast and it says so David and his men came to the city and behold it was burned with fire their wives their sons their daughters were taken captive then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and cried until they had no more power to cry and David's two wives were taken captive Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite and David was greatly distressed for the people talked about stoning him 
because the soul of all the people was so grieved every man for his sons and his daughters but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God so when the crowd and the mob are against you you can either cry and keep crying and go into a pity party and lament and feel hopeless or you can turn to God and encourage yourself in the Lord now it's interesting to me it says he encouraged himself or he strengthened himself he bound himself to God he tied himself up in God he wrapped himself up in God in other words when you encourage yourself in the Lord you drown out all the threatening voices you drown out all the negative voices you drown out the guilty voices because guilt is something that that can consume people if you allow it to God forgives sin he doesn't keep us in guilt I mean that's just wrong when you think about it Uh, how dare the devil tell us we've got to feel bad about something for the rest of our days that's that's not what God offers to us he offers us total forgiveness total exoneration he won't hold it against you forever so David really was beyond the pep talk because there was nobody there to pep him up all his his mighty men that would risk their lives for him now they're turning against him and so when when things turn against you in the natural that's your cue that only God is your help and so he decides to encourage himself in the Lord now how do you think he did that we all have our our favorite way to feel better so to speak David because he was a musician and he knew how to minister skillfully to bring God's power into his atmosphere may have resorted to one of his instruments he may have resorted to prayer and and speaking God's word and exalting God and worshiping God but all of these are are open doors for us to encourage ourselves in the Lord so how do we do it we do it through praise we do it through worship we do it through prayer we do it through meditating in God's spirit or, or getting his spirit in your atmosphere so that you can let him refresh you you can let him minister to you everybody has a different way of doing it sometimes you know you'll find this among believers some people are are very much praise people some people are quiet meditators they'll get a favorite psalm and just seclude themselves with God's presence meditate on the word it depends on your relationship with him but you must contact God in order to get him on your situation and you will find that he will come with an idea or he will come with a a notion he will come with an answer and sometimes that answer is is a ready answer it doesn't take weeks and and months and all of that because he says he's a very present help in our trouble so he wants to answer you speedily and give you that answer uh, so that that will encourage you uh, to get you to the next step I I just say it that way it's not going to settle the whole thing completely all the time but it gets you to the next step it gets you to the next level and so the next level for David was to ask God what to do about their trouble. And, and David being a warrior wanted to know if God was with him. God do I pursue these people? Uh, am I going to get everybody slaughtered? Or uh, am we going to do it? And God said for you he told David he said you pursue him. You're going to overtake them and you're going to recover everything. Amen. So that's always God's promise to us. If we will stand on his word and let him fight for us. He wants to give us back everything that the enemy has stolen.
don't ever settle for oh i'm i got well i got at least i got this much and and call it a day (laughs) i don't feel like fighting nobody too much but god does our battling for us you know if you will stand on his word he'll make he just wants us to believe him just keep believing that more is coming amen keep believing that more is coming if it doesn't all come in the first time, keep believing that more is coming so that he will encourage us and strengthen us and help us. Amen. He will definitely help us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Miss Edie, I think God does have another word for you, sweetie. When I said more is coming, I just felt him to for me to tell you uh more is coming i don't know if it's your business or whatever it is if you've been thinking about or considering do i expand or do i not expand the lord wants to let me let you know more is coming so if you're thinking about expanding expand because he says for you more is coming more of people more people like you of integrity need to be in that business that's what he's telling me he said because you're an honest person you're a dependable person you have all the qualities that others in your competition lack you have it and it's necessary and people will find you and they'll seek you out but the lord says more is coming so praise god amen you're welcome honey. anytime anytime praise god amen so so god does want to encourage us amen now that's encouraging if you've been mulling over a decision and you're not sure god wants the increase he's more on the increase side than he is on the decrease side amen he will help you if you step out in faith god's right there with you he'll help you if you're looking to obey his word through increase multiplication success whatever you want to call it he's on that side he's not on the side of holding back and all of that kind of nonsense so david was able to encourage himself in the lord and in the lord is always your increase in the lord is always your success in the lord is always your more so he will encourage you in that in second kings chapter 20 we see another familiar story of king hezekiah second kings what did i say 20 yeah Hezekiah had done some wonderful things in God. If you read his story in the Chronicles compared to the other kings, he was a big success story. But he also made mistakes. And the mistakes sometimes caused him some trouble. So we see here where he is sick. In verse chapter 20 verse 1, in those days Hezekiah was sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord. Now God's made up his mind about this, folks. Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Notice God didn't say, I'm going to kill you. But Hezekiah is already sick. And I'm not sure if the prophet showed up in response to hezekiah sending him for him because that makes all the difference in the world or if he responded to god telling him to go see whenever the israelites had any problems they were to go to the prophet or the priest for relief that showed their faith in god they wanted god's intervention hezekiah is lying on his bed and I'm not sure that he did or did not send for the, the prophet for that. But my f- belief is that if he had sent for him, he would have brought him good news. You shall live and not die. But the fact that the prophet showed up on his own, he probably didn't send for him. That's my thought. But, you know, because if you seek the Lord, God will give you uh, an answer and he will always answer according to his covenant you know he'll give you a chance because he eventually did it could have done it the first time but anyway hezekiah and god tells him set your house in order you shall die and not live 
Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto God, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in truth with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord God came to him saying, uh, I changed my mind. <laughs> Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. And on the third day, you'll go up to the house of the Lord. So God not only tells him he's going to heal him, but he tells him when it's going to happen. Amen. And so God can do anything in three days, folks. That's what I always, that's what I always tell myself. It doesn't take him long to deliver us. It doesn't take him long to respond. It doesn't take him long to answer. But God will deliver us. And it doesn't take a long time. And so Hezekiah, they gave him a, a, no doubt he had a boil that was poisoning his bloodstream. The poison going all through his body. They gave him a packing or a poultice of figs. That uh, when he put it on them in three days that man was healed and he got up and, and went and made an offering and worshiped God. Amen. And so Hezekiah's health was turned. He turned because he turned to God. He encouraged himself in the Lord. When he heard that death sentence he thought to himself oh no God you can't kill me. Remember what I did. See, that's encouraging yourself. When you, even when you pray, even though your prayer is directed to God, that prayer should encourage you. It should not leave you feeling questionable or doubtful about your outcome. It should encourage you in what God is going to do. Father, I thank you. You're the God that heals me. I thank you, Lord, that no weapon that comes against me is going to defeat me. It will not prosper and harm me. But you will deliver me totally from all the power of the enemy. And I thank you for that, Father. So Hezekiah prayed and God turned it. He told him that he would recover. He would heal him. And God was true to his word and he added 15 years to Hezekiah's life. And so that's that's a tremendous blessing. It wasn't that he lived for a few months and then died later that year he added 15 years. So God will give you years. Years are enough time to make plans to get involved in life he doesn't want us to be healed for a short season and all we can do is sit and wonder when it's going to happen again that's not God God will assure us that our healing will hold and he will give us many more years all you got to do is is be cool behave yourself (laughs) don't get back in the same nonsense you got into God will heal. He'll forgive you over and over and over again. But wisdom would tell you, nope, I'm not going to. So if Hezekiah got sick again, I'm sure he called the prophet first before he made any other plans. He was he was quick on the draw to get God involved in what was going on with him. In Romans chapter 4, turn there and we'll see how Abraham encouraged himself in the Lord. He's the father of our faith. In other words, the faith that we have as Christians came from Abraham. Amen. He was the father of faith. He's the father of us all. So in Romans 4, verse 18, we'll start. Now Abraham was 99 years old. His wife Sarah was 90. And Sarah had been barren all her life. She never had children. Abraham, however, because God promised him he would give him a son, he and Sarah got the bright idea that maybe he would get her servant pregnant, her maid pregnant, and he would get a son that way. God came along later and told him, Abraham, that's not what I meant. In other words, God does not encourage adultery. Even though they didn't have Moses' law back in that time, God's still the same. His rules for us are always the same. So God 
told Abraham, he said, no, Sarah, your wife, is going to bear you a son. And the Bible says that Abraham, let me see where it starts. Verse 16, why don't we start there? Thank you. No, verse 13. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So God was not talking about just a natural child would be his heir, but he's talking about the son that he promised him. And he says, verse 16, therefore it is of faith. That it might be by grace. Which means that you got to wait for God to make this happen. You can't make it happen on your own. To the end that the promise might be sure to everybody. So everybody can have faith in God. And that's what God prefers. He doesn't want you going out doing things on your own to get what you want. He wants you to trust him. He says not to that only which is of the law but that to that which is of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. As it is written I have made you a father of many nations before whom he believed even God who quickens the dead and calls those things would be not as though they are. So that is one key to encouraging yourself in the Lord. When you can call yourself prosperous before you prosper because God says that about you you're encouraging yourself in the Lord if you can call yourself healed before they the doctor tells you you are then you're encouraging yourself in the Lord or before your symptoms go away you're encouraging yourself in the Lord you're calling those things that are not just like they are because that's how God talks Since he's already given us everything, he doesn't tell us he's going to do it. He tells us it's done. And if we can believe it's done already, then we can have what we say. If you believe it's still coming. See, this is the difference. If you believe it hasn't happened yet, you'll never know what it's going to take to make it happen. Because that's where your problem is. You know people who say uh, God said he's going to heal me. Then the question is what's it going to take for him to do that? What it takes is a substitute and a sacrifice to pay for your sin for you to be healed. And that happened already. So in which case that makes you healed already because the sacrifice has been already given. And so the atonement works For us to call those things that are not as though they are. That is the highest expression of faith. The expression that says that you are that before you're that. Many times uh, I remember watching the old uh, uh, series Dallas. Remember Dallas and Dynasty? I think the Carringtons lost their fortune about four different times. And what did they do when they were broke? They went and got the furs and the jewels out of the vault and threw a party. And pretty soon they had their money back again. You got me? (laughs) Because they called those things that be not as though they are. We're rich. We're wealthy. We got money to burn. And pretty soon they have back their money again. So if it works for them crazy sinners in a (laughs) make-believe soap opera, it will certainly work for us Christians. To be honest with you, you are healed. The, The devil has put symptoms on you. Which can be removed by your faith. Anything's removable that doesn't line up with God's word. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's terminal this or or bankruptcy that or whatever it is. It can be dealt with and removed by your faith. Amen. Bankruptcy doesn't frighten some people. They just have confidence and boldness. You see some of these millionaires and billionaires. They've been broke so many times. But what do they do? They get up in faith and go at it again. They keep fighting through until it comes through from them. So, so that's, that's the thing. Amen. So Abraham, the Bible says here, who against hope believed in hope. 
So there was no natural hope for him and Sarah to have a child together. It says he believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So he believed God's word. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body now dead when he was a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now there was something God did at this time to Abraham and for him that caused him to have this high level of faith. Does anybody remember what it was? He changed his name. He was before before he was Abram, A B R A M. After that, God says, "I am changing your name from Abram to Abraham." So every time somebody called him, they called him by something he wasn't yet. He was a father of many nations. Abram means exalted father, which he was. He had a son already. Amen. Ishmael, remember? So God said, you're living in the level I have not called you to. I'm going to call you to a higher level now. So I'm changing your name. So that helped Abraham's faith. Every time he heard his name, he responded to his name. He said, that's me. I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of a multitude. And when, he, and then when it said many nations, that meant he would have many sons. Amen. And so when God began to speak to him and call him differently, God began to add a covenant into his name. And that was a name that God gave him. His father gave him the name Abram. God said, I'll give you a new name. So I'm calling you by a new name. When God calls us his children, he calls us righteous. He calls us healthy. He calls us prosperous. He calls us wealthy. He calls us all. We have a new name. We're not who we were in the family of our birth. Not any longer. We've been changed. So when God put his name in the middle of Abraham's old name, that meant that you are a new person because you have a covenant with me that will make your name great. That will make your name the father of a multitude. And that will bring you all of those children. So Abraham from that day forward began to think about himself in a different way. And that's how he was encouraged in the Lord. You're encouraged in the Lord by calling yourself what God calls you. Don't call yourself sick. Don't call yourself weak. Don't call yourself confused. Don't call yourself broke. Don't call yourself feeble. Don't call yourself depressed. Call yourself healthy, wise, encouraged, good looking, wonderful, marvelous. I, I get, you know, I get all these schmoozy text messages and emails sometimes. I got Amazon must have my name on the list trying to sell me something because they send me this text message and it says, good morning, beautiful. I said, how you know my name? Huh? I didn't fight with it. I wasn't offended. I said, hey, you got the right one. I ain't buying this stuff from you, but you got the right address. Amen. (laughs) So we have to think of ourselves in different terms, folks. You are not who you think you are. You're not some lowly, you know, know nothing, be nothing, all that kind of nothing stuff. You're, You're encouraged. You're a giver. You're an encourager. You're a receiver. You know how to give and receive, and you are blessed. Amen? All right, why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for encouraging us today. Thank you, Lord, that you always have a way to lift us up, 
encourage us. You're lifting us up to where you are, Lord. You have lifted us up to heaven. And we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen.